This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of April 10th, 2017, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 424 of Defender Radio. This week's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a special co-host, lots of laughs, and a bunch of answers from our guest in response to questions on the Defender Radio Facebook and Twitter pages. But first... A contest. We want you to share what you think of the podcast on our various platforms, and we're putting up a t-shirt as a prize. Just write a brief review on our iTunes, Stitcher, or Facebook pages about why you listen to Defender Radio. Send us a screen grab, and we'll enter you in a draw to win one of our blue give-a-damn t-shirts, available in both women's and unisex sizing. Contest currently only available to Canadian residents. Send your image and contact information to us at info at or through direct message on social media for your chance to win. Winners will be contacted via email and announced on the April 17th episode of Defender Radio. Easter is around the corner, and for some reason, that means we'll soon be surrounded by rabbits. Sadly, it isn't just the stuffed toys or chocolate egg variety, but real live fluffy bunnies who are given as pets by well-meaning parents or loved ones. While bunnies can make wonderful pets, there's a lot more to raising and giving them a home than you might think. The combination of impulse buying from pet shops and the amount of work necessary to keeping a rabbit healthy and happy means many, far too many, end up being sent to live outdoors where they can wreak havoc on ecosystem or given up to shelters. Fortunately, rescues like the Ladybird Animal Sanctuary are ready to help bunnies get a second chance. Lisa Wynn, co-founder and animal manager for Ladybird Animal Sanctuary, joined Defender Radio to talk about why giving bunnies as gifts can be a bad decision, what goes into giving a rabbit a good, happy home, and why rabbits are one of the world's most popular pets. You'll also hear from my special co-host on this week's episode, Pigeon. My youngest dog had double knee surgery recently, and while he's recovering well and feeling good, his displeasure with not being allowed to run around like normal becomes vocal. As a result, he ended up sitting behind the mic as a special co-host of Defender Radio on this week's episode. I think a fun place to start is how Ladybird Animal Sanctuary came to be. That's that's how you and I actually met. And I looked up the original article. It was six years ago. Wow. At the newspaper I used to work at. Yeah, when the three of you were having the uh, fundraiser at um, one of the uh, the concert halls here in Hamilton. Uh, so what's, uh, can you give us the story about how this, this little animal sanctuary kind of popped up and has been doing some pretty awesome work for the last several years? Um, uh, Melissa, Janine, and I uh, are all musicians, and we met through music. I met Melissa when she was about 16 uh, at an open mic night in Hamilton, <clears throat> and I met Janine through Melissa a few, probably a couple years later. Um we were in a, a group called Ladybird, the Ladybird Sideshow. We decided to be in a group together and sing together. And there was another member of the group whose name is Aaron Smith. Um, we put out a live record, and shortly after, uh, we did a little bit of touring. We put out a live record, and shortly after, Aaron moved to Maui, and she's still living there. It's a tough uh, break moving from Hamilton, Ontario to Hawaii. Yeah, she moved from Toronto to Hawaii, uh. so even worse. Um, <laughs> 
uh, yeah, so she's got a musical career there now. And the three of us, we continued to play uh, shows a little bit here and there. And then Melissa's career kind of took off and, you know, we weren't, we weren't able to get uh, together as much, but we stayed friends. And um, it, we basically were just sitting around drinking wine or, you know, just doing our hangout thing. And Melissa said, let's start an animal sanctuary. <laughs> just like that, eh? Well, I come from the animal background. Like I've been, my first job was at a pet value when I was 14 years old. Um, mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have had that job at 14, but that was my first <laughs> job. Um, and I've worked in shelters and vet clinics and, uh, you know, dog walking businesses. I've done all kinds of stuff since then and all sort of revolved around animals. So I knew what, I know what goes on in some of the shelters uh, in the area. So I said, yeah, I'm totally down for that because I had been doing my own sort of small scale rescue just on my own. And we just took it from there. We, we rescued an animal from a shelter I was working at, cat from a shelter I was working at and started a website. Janine's an awesome graphic designer, a web designer. So, and that's how it started. Yeah. And uh, taking the name from the band is is sort of the perfect move. um, And it really kind of comes together and uh, it is a lovely story. And I guess we, we should talk, uh, you know, there, there are dogs and cats that I know uh, your group does a lot of work with. But what we want to focus on this week, uh, especially with Easter coming up, are the small animals. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, obviously, the bunny rabbits. And that is something that the first time I heard it uh, was really surprising to me. And ever since I've been kind of like, yeah, duh. Uh, but a lot of parents go out and get their kids bunny rabbits for Easter. Yep. And baby chicks and baby ducks and all those things and for photo shoots and all kinds of dumb stuff like that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like we, we posted a, um, a little thing the other day on our Facebook page that said you wouldn't buy your child a reindeer at Christmas. Why would you buy them a bunny at Easter? Like it, it really doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Well, and then the shelters see an influx too, uh, because I guess people, they see these little animals, they think it's cute, and say, oh, well, let's do this. Because realistically, in a lot of cities across Canada and the United States, you can walk into a store and buy a rabbit. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And it's just, it, it's mind-boggling that that there's still pet stores out there, you know. that, And a lot of people don't think about, you know, people know about puppy mills. But people don't know as much about kitten mills and rabbit mills and hamster mills. And all the people don't think about the places that these animals come from. If you walk into, you know, any pet store in the area um, that sells pets, unless they're working with a rescue, those pets come from really crappy conditions. The same as a puppy mill, but for all of those different animals, hamsters, rats, guinea pigs, rabbits, all of them. They all, they, they come from not a nice start and the parents it's this it's exactly the same as a puppy mill and people don't think about that so when you go into a pet store and there's a rabbit or a guinea pig oh isn't that cute and it gets sold and then the next day there's a new one to replace it mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a you know supply and demand which is awful to think about and people can just go and buy anything they want like a puppy you can just go buy a puppy but you don't know what you're getting into unless you have someone who, you know, is telling you how to properly care for the animal and, you know, the things you should look for and illness and vet bills and how much food's going to cost and all those things. They're just, they, they'll just take your money and out you go with your animal. And that's, it, that's where the trouble starts, and especially at Easter with fur rabbits. Yeah. 
And do you see an influx? I mean, having worked in the shelters and now working with the sanctuary, are, are you seeing sort of the uh, an influx and all of a sudden sort of, you know, that late April uh, rabbits start showing up? Yep. And all the, through the rest of the year, sometimes they'll make it a little, you know, a few more months. And then when they get bigger, they start to, they'll spray pee if you don't get them fixed. They, they're, they're less likely to be litter trained unless you get them fixed. It's very very expensive to fix a rabbit. It's not, it's more expensive than a dog or a cat. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's a different surgery. It's the same surgery, but it's rabbits are much more sensitive to being put under and you know, you have to be a lot more careful. You have to have a vet that knows what they're doing. Uh, A lot of vet clinics won't even see rabbits because they're, 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 you know, a special little creature that's not just like a dog and a cat or a cat. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things people don't realize is that they need a lot of space. Rabbits need a lot of space and you can have a rabbit out in your house, like a dog or cat. You can have a free range rabbit. Um, people don't realize that they just put them in a cage and leave them there and, and that's their life. And that's a pretty crappy life. Um, as far as an animal, like a rabbit who's constantly moving and, you know, hopping and jumping and needs a lot of space. It's, it's, it's not it's not a good life for them to just be in a cage and that's it. Yeah. And that's, I, I think the dog community, the cat community, the, the rescue community have done a very good job in providing at the very least sort of basic public awareness about what you need to be prepared to do with a dog or a cat. And, and of course there are areas where it is ineffective and there are horrible situations. And unfortunately I think there always will be, but the availability of education is just, I mean, you can Google you know, how much will a dog cost me? And you'll get a thousand results with all the different estimates yep. on what it'll cost over the lifetime of different types of dogs, different types of cats, what you should and shouldn't do. This vet says that, this vet says this. Um, like it's it's pretty significant how much information is out there. But uh, even just posting uh, to our audience, what do you want to know? Uh, and coming from people who have pets that I know um, and from other people who, you know, a quick look at their their tweets or their their profiles – have pets and love animals. And there's a lot people don't know about rabbits. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. Maybe just because they're not as popular as a dog or cat. Um, uh, that's a tough one. Um, there, there's not. I, I demand absolute answers off the top <laughs> of your head to every question. So just feel free to make stuff up. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, they are the third most popular pet that people get. So really, are you making that up or is that actually a thing? No, it's a thing. And they're the, they're the third most abandoned pet, you know, like it's the same thing. Dogs, cats, and then rabbits are the ones that end up in shelters or end up on, on the street or end up, you know, in a field or a forest where people just dump them. That's, and that's the worst part is that people think that they can live a domestic rabbit can just live outdoors. So they just open a box and just let it out. And it's, that's just not the thing to do. And it happens all the time, all the time. Yeah. And that's that's a serious ecological issue too. I know at the University of Victoria, uh, highway junction near there uh, in British Columbia, they've had a massive problem because these these little bunnies who are not the same as the native rabbits that live on the area, they they just they breed and breed and breed and eat everything, um, and it, it creates this massive problem. And Victoria is like the perfect environment for them because it doesn't get really cold you know, that it, it, it was perfect. And that's why that explosion happened. Like they've apparently trapped and euthanized a lot of those, but a bunch of them, those rabbits, a bunch of them went to a couple different sanctuaries and some of them went down to Texas. And but yeah, like if you release a rabbit in Victoria or 
you know, out west in some areas, it has a little more chance of survival than it does if you release one here in Hamilton or, or you know, in some of the colder provinces. Sorry about the dinging. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, here they just, they'll just, they die. They, they die from exposure. They die from, um, the predators because they're domestic rabbits. They don't know how to, how to protect themselves or they don't realize, Oh, that's a predator. It's coming after me. Or they're a, a brighter color than a, than a, um, a wild rabbit would be. So they don't, you know, they're more visible to a predator. It's, you know, re releasing it's, it, it's hard to explain, but like people just think, oh, it'll just be fine. I'll just let it go. It's a rabbit. It'll live out. It'll live outside. It'll be fine. But they don't generally survive. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's 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 surprising how people just assume that it'll be okay. And and as I said, it, it does create these horrible situations. Um, and I think one of the things we we really need to kind of cover off the top is I I don't want to say bunnies are bad pets, um, because obviously a lot of people love them. I, I'm yep. not a rabid guy myself, right. but um, I can Rabbit. appreciate them, right? I, I had <laughs> no, I had gerbils and stuff, so I like little furry guys um, yeah. as a kid. Um, but I think you know what to cover off the top. That's interesting. Is their lifespan? Because you yep. look at a lot of these other similar small animals, um, uh, and you look at rats who have a lifespan of about two years, and they're wonderful pets. Um, yep. But rabbits, they're, they're a significant time investment, and it's really surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, they can be 8 to 10 years, if not more. Some of them live more. Um, and people don't know that. People don't realize that. Or they just, you know, it's, a, it's another thing. When you're in a pet store, you're not looking long-term if you're just in there buying a rabbit at a pet store. You're not thinking, oh, this is going to be with us for 10 years. Like, uh, maybe I should, you know, rethink this. Because it's an impulse buy. When you have a, an animal in a pet store... Or online, now there's Kijiji and all those places where you can just go and buy animals. Um, you, the long-term thinking doesn't come into it, and that's the that's the unfortunate part. Is we ask the question on, on, on our um, applications, our adoption applications, where do you see yourself in five years, in ten years? You know, is this animal still going to fit into your life? So, and, and rabbits are a huge one for young people, you know, but they're not a starter pet for kids. They're not... They don't like to be picked up and carried. Most of them don't like to be picked up and carried around. They 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 like to be on the ground. And kids want to, you know, squish something and cuddle something and carry it around and and you know put little costumes on it. And that's not a rabbit. Rabbits are not into that. <laughs> you know, they're you know they're not a good starter pet. And that's what they get sold as in in pet stores and and places like that. Unfortunately. Well, and that's uh, that ties into two questions we had from the audience. Um, and I'll start with one. Um, Asking about the intelligence of a rabbit, which is always, you know, an awkward question because how do you measure intelligence in another animal? Um, but the, really, I think the question is, are they smart? Do they learn? Um, and do they bond to their people the same way we know that cats, dogs, and a lot of birds, uh, rats, for instance, do too? So, you know, do they have that same level of, uh, of emotional intelligence of uh, connection to people? Um, and then would the consequence of that be greater when they are abandoned to a shelter or let outside. Yeah, they do definitely. They're definitely intelligent animals, and they they for sure bond. They they have people have serious bonds with their rabbits, and they they will bond to each other too. If you get two, um, there's a whole lot of um, 
there's a, there's a, a bunch of um, Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts of people that just have free range rabbits and the the bonding between the people and the and the rabbit is just amazing. Like people have rabbits and they jump up into bed with them at night and they sleep in the bed with them. Like it's it's just it can be just like having a dog or cat if you um, you know if not every rabbit's like that. You know there are ornery rabbits and like dogs and cats, it's the exact same thing they have a personality, they have things that they like and dislike. And, you know, they, they can growl and grunt and, and charge at you and bite. They can, they can do all those things, but they can also be very, very sweet and passive and docile and, you know, and gentle. And it, they're just like a dog or cat in the, in the, in the personality uh, department. But yes, they do definitely bond um, with people um, and having a routine and having a, uh, you know, a, a space for them to live in that's comfortable and big enough um, it can make, it can make all the difference. There's, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, the name of the, there's a couple different Instagram accounts where the, the people just, they walk through the house and the bun, there's three bunnies. One of them has three bunnies and the bunnies just follow, follow her through the house. Like, like, wow. like a dog. It's really, it's really neat. Yeah. I've known a couple people who have had rabbit rooms and also people who had Guinea pig rooms, same thing with kind of, they just, they buy this low fencing that you would almost expect to see in a model store. Um, and surround the room and they put in a bunch of um, uh, engagement toys and things like that. And th- the rabbits get their own room that they stay in during the day. And, you know, when the people are at home, they can come out and check everything out. Uh, but yeah, they, they absolutely do have uh, that uh, people who give them that space and time and everything. Um, and, and in regards, you were saying how expensive it is to uh, spay or neuter a rabbit, and that came up yep. a couple of times, uh, particularly, you know, are all vets trained to care for rabbits and rats, uh, which you answered. Um, although, actually, you said that a lot of them don't want to, but do they all have that training? Like, could I go to a vet and say, my rabbit is sick? Or do you have to find a special rabbit vet? You have to find a special rabbit vet. There cool. are, uh, there's been times when we've had an emergency situation with a rabbit and our rabbit vets are not available for whatever reason. And even the emergency clinics, if they don't have the vet there, on, they won't see them. They just, they'll tell you to go to another emergency clinic out of town or, you know, somewhere it's, it's, we've been there and it's, yeah. it's, it's very hard to, you know, we have a couple of really, really good, uh, rabbit vets that we deal with. And even the one is great with male rabbits because neutering male rabbits is a lot easier, like the same as dogs and cats. It's a lot easier to neuter neuter than it is to spay. Mm-hmm. So we do have one clinic we work with that will neuter, but will not spay because it's an intricate surgery and, you know, it's, it, it's very specialized. So yeah, not every vet is going to see a rabbit. And, and that's a huge, a huge thing that people don't think about. They're like, Oh, and people don't think about vet care for a rabbit either, you know? Oh. Yeah, definitely. And that's uh, that again, you know, my early exposure to veterinarians, um, uh, when I started getting in, uh, having pets of my own and seeing someone bring in a rabbit or a rat, I said, why are you bringing that in yeah, here? Yeah. Like it just, for some reason, never entered my mind. Well, people don't think about it. And you know, same with rats and hamsters. They, they all, you know, could require vet care at some point in their lives. You know, it's, it's a, it's like people, they get sick. They, you know, ra- and rabbits have very sensitive stomachs. They have, they have issues that could come up at any time. And if you don't catch it quick enough, they can die within a couple of days. Like if, if your rabbit stops eating, you have to take them to the vet right away. And that's, you know, you have to know these signs and know these things about rabbit behavior and health before you, you know, go and get one, or it could be, you know, tragic for everybody. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, another question we had sort of in line. It's, it's, there's two people who asked about vets. Um, and one of them also asked uh, about vaccines 
that's something obviously that we uh, deal a lot with nowadays. Um, and I just had uh, uh, last week we had uh, Kara Cantardi from Urban Wildlife Care talking about the importance of vaccines uh, with the uh, increase of rabies and distemper in Ontario. So with with rabbits and other small animals, do we need to get them vaccinated for for similar things or for different things? In I believe it's in Canada. No. We don't do rabbit vaccines. There are, I know I've, I've seen a lot of literature in the UK where they do mm-hmm. vaccines for rabbits. A lot of people in the UK keep the rabbits outside though for uh, their okay. lives. Um, but yeah, I have, I'm not super versed on, on the, the vaccine thing, but we definitely don't, for the most part, we don't do it here in, uh, in Canada as far as I know. We, we don't vaccinate our rabbits. So our vets, you know, don't, don't offer that as an option. So but in the UK and some other places, yeah, for sure they do. And someone asked, do bunnies really chew wires? I, I've <laughs> never heard that. And apparently it's a thing. Oh, yes. They will chew. They have teeth that continuously grow. So you have to give them something to chew on. Um, and wires are tasty to rabbits. They'll chew right through, you know, any kind of wire you you happen to leave out. Baseboards, they'll chew. Some rabbits do. Some rabbits don't. I'm fostering a rabbit right now that couldn't be bothered with the baseboards at all and, you know, hardly ever choose anything but other rabbits will just come into a room and just chew the crap out of everything in it um so you have to rabbit proof your house that's a whole other thing if you're gonna have it and have it out of of its enclosure you have to rabbit proof or you have to you know pay attention enough to see what what he he or she tries to nibble at and then you know make adjustments as it as it goes but yeah rabbits will chew a lot of things (laughs) yes that is what and speaking of rabbit proofing, uh, someone asked, and I love this type of question, uh, and I know interviewees hate it because it puts you on the spot, but what are 10 important care things one needs to know before getting or, or receiving a bunny rabbit? Uh, so I think sort of what do you need to know? Uh, I don't expect you to give me 10, but if you give me 10 answers, um, I'll probably end up making a donation just because of the effort. Um, so what what are things that people should do? Like if they are, are interested in bringing home a bunny, um, uh, preferably yeah. through a rescue. Um, what should they do at home? What should they read about? Uh, what should they do? Well, to number get one ready? is is yeah, do your research before you get ready. Um, before you even think about it, do your research. Um, always adopt. Always, always, always. Don't go to a pet store and buy into that. That that just don't. Just don't go to a pet store and buy a rabbit unless it's there under a rescues. Um, you know, with a, with a rescue like they do with dogs and cats at, at some pet stores. Um, uh, do you have enough space? It, the bunnies need a lot of room to run around. You can't just buy that, you know, wire and, and plastic bottom cage. That's, you know, not even a couple feet long and, and put the rabbit in there and expect it to be happy. We, it, when they're not out for their floor time, we call it, or just when they're not out of the cage or enclosure that they're in, we keep them in X pens. So they're puppy pens. Um, so you can kind of make it into con- whatever configuration you want or, and get a couple of them and make it even bigger. They need room to lay out rabbits, lay, like lay out, stretch out, and they need to have room to hop and jump and, and do little spins and binkies as they're called in the rabbit world, which is binkies. where they j- binkies. Yes. I, I'm not sure who coined that phrase, but that's the ra- in the rabbit world. That's something that- <laughs> that's a, That's an actual thing. You're not like making up Google and- binkies. Google. I'm kind of afraid to Google that actually. <laughs> Rabbit binkies. It basically it's when they jump up and twist in the air and it just it's a sign that they're happy and that you know that they they're having a good time running around. Is that kind of like the uh the spins for a dog? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, when they get super happy and excited and yeah, 
So they need room to do these things. Um, uh, research vets in your area that will that take rabbits um, that are specialized in rabbits. Don't don't just be like, oh yeah, you can bring the. Just make sure they know what they're doing. That they have had that training with small animals or just rabbits specifically. Um, because even at the vet clinics we go to, there's one vet who does the small animals, and the other vet who works there does not. You know, so you have it has to be specifically people who are trained, vets who are trained in, with small animals. Well, and I think, too, the other thing is uh, uh, that not all vets, even those who are trained in small animals, will do surgery. Oh, that's exciting. Sorry. <laughs> that's <laughs> You just heard Pigeon trying for a mad escape. Aw, hi, Pigeon. Um, yes, he's, he's an unhappy boy. I love um, that name, by the way. If I haven't heard, oh, he's it. yeah, he's 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 awesome. Um, he just he just had his uh, the bilateral luxating patella oh, fixing surgery. Fun. Oh my god! Um, so for a crazy busy dog, yeah, he, he he likes to tell me that he's unhappy sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so we uh, what was I talking about? The surgery. So not all vets, even if they are trained in small animals or, or accept small animals, will actually right. do surgeries. That's true. Period. Very true. They a lot of it, it's like I said. Uh, they rabbits can be sensitive to um, um, anesthetic. So yeah, there's we've lost we've only lost one bunny, and all the rabbits that we've rescued um, in the six or seven years we've been doing this. Um, it was a, a smaller rabbit and it was a spay and the vet called and she was just absolutely devastated that the, the bunny had passed away on the table during the spay. Um, and that happens. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it happens to dogs and cats too, but they're just rabbits are extra sensitive to it. There's other things you have to do in the, in, in going with the surgery, uh, to keep a rabbit alive on the table. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of vets that just, that won't do any kind of surgeries and sometimes rabbits need surgeries and you have to, be prepared for that. Um, oh, what else can I think of that you gotta? Have we gotten to ten yet? I don't know. I wasn't counting. <laughs> you were okay. I'll go back and, and when I edit, I, I will count. You count them. You need space. You need a vet. You need time. You have to spend time with a rabbit. You can't just put it in a cage and and just leave it there. And that's the, that's the sort of mentality that we're trying to get people away from. Is that a pet rabbit is just you know, an animal you can just leave in a cage and, and not spend time with it or just, it's just there and whatever, like the whole keeping it outdoors thing in, in the UK that's, you know, they're social animals. They need affection and attention and they need, you know, they need you to be there for them they, or they need another bunny. You know, a lot of them, uh, a lot of rabbits, uh, not all of them, but a lot of rabbits will, will bond with another rabbit. They need company. Um, it's not an animal that you can just put in a cage and, and look at it and, you know, and that's it. It's, it's a lot of people say a rabbit is a lot more work than a dog or a cat because that, that would not surprise me. Yeah. Um, although pigeon is testing that theory right now. Pigeon. Um, <laughs> yes. This, this is called my wife just left and he's left with me and that's just not, no, not good enough. <laughs> Uh, I did have someone. Okay, pigeon. I know, but here, what if I hold you? Will that make everything better? Come here. You can help. You can be on the podcast, pigeon. <laughs> there you go. All right, pigeons on the podcast. Hi, pigeon. Um, 
Now, that is something we did have someone ask about, is introducing another bunny into the house. I mean, with dogs, and clearly I've got a bit of experience with this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the rescue mentality, you can take your dogs to meet a dog that you're interested in. Yep. You can do assess. Like, there's all of these things, all of these steps involved. Um, but with bunnies, is, is it kind of the same thing, or is there some other way that we should be going about doing this? Yeah, bunnies, it's a huge it's a huge process. It's a long process. And even after months, sometimes it doesn't work. Like it's the same as cats. Like sometimes we'll just get along and sometimes they won't, but there's, um, definitely ways to do it. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions on ways to do it, but there's, a a a Facebook page and an Instagram page called the fluffy group. (laughs) And it's the three rabbits I mentioned. It's a woman who has three rabbits and they're free range. And she's written the most amazing article on bonding, um, cause she has three, she's, she bonded the two and then introduced the third one. And it's, it's, you know, it can be, it can be super stressful. Um, but in the end when they actually, if, if they actually can bond to each other, it's, it's amazing. I, I did it. I was fostering two rabbits, um, a male and a female, both fixed. And, uh, we managed to bond them over time by having their cage, their enclosures next to each other for a long time with a blanket in between. So they could smell each other, but they couldn't, you know, get to each other. So then slowly remove the blanket Mm. and then they could see each other and, and, you know, sort of interact back and forth between the the cages. Then we move the cages closer together so they could actually touch and, and then eventually, you know, remove the cage and, and had short times together out, out of the cage it, it's a huge process. It ended up working. Thankfully, it worked. Uh, and they got adopted together, which was great. But, um, but other bunnies, I had two other bunnies that I tried that with. And you would think that, you know, one minute it was great. The next minute, there was just a flying ball of fur. They just were ripping each other to shreds. It was awful. <laughs> wow. And that'll happen, you know. And and sometimes they want a friend and sometimes they don't. So, um, it's a, but it's a really long, long process. <laughs> Yeah, it's not something you're just gonna sort of bring home another goldfish nope. and put his bag in the water for five nope. minutes. No, and they and they'll really do damage to each other if you do that. Yeah, it's the same as cats. You can't see that. That's surprising to me, though. Is I mean, when you think about you know dogs and cats uh, and some other animals sort of disagreeing on introduction, those are animals that we know in their social lives, uh, both sort of when they're on their own and when they go. Uh, uh, back in their lineage to their sort of, you know, the, the wolves and the big cats, um, they, they are hunters to a degree, right? That they're set up so they can, uh, uh, more or less, you know, damage another animal. But with rabbits, you, other than Monty Python, you really don't <laughs> think that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, they can, they, they <laughs> Monty Python. You remember that? Run yeah, away, run away. Yeah. Big gnashing teeth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, it can be, it, they can be vicious. Rabbits can be really mean and vicious to each other and to people. They can, you know, we, we've had a few, we've had a few that were cage aggressive. So when they came into the shelter we rescue from, you, you go to reach your hand in to grab the bowl of food and fill it up for the rabbit. And the rabbit comes across the cage and bites you and attacks you. Wow. Like it's, it's not a nice thing. Um, eventually that rabbit, once we gave it more, we, we, we did rescue that rabbit, neutered him, which was the biggest thing. Um, and once he had more room to run around and, and not feel so threatened by everything, he ended up being awesome. He ended up being a really sweet, uh, you know, super lovely bunny, but put it, put them in a small space like that. And some of them just freak out. So yeah, it's, 
yeah, there, there's a whole, it's a complex world. Bunnies are complex. <laughs> Which is surprising because they seem very, very simple. Yeah. Um, but I guess people say that about me too. So, <laughs> um, now the other question, of course, is then multi-pet households. I mean, I, I imagine you know it's probably even more difficult. And, and in my case, I, I would never try bringing uh, uh, a rabbit in, not just because of you know having multiple dogs, but having JJ, who uh, uh, was feral for a time. You know, she lived on her own in the wild, uh, and. When she sees a rabbit, she doesn't bark and jump, uh, a wild rabbit that is outside. She looks hungry. Like, she she knows the association. Uh, whereas the other dogs, I think, maybe just would say, hey, here's this new toy. Um, is it safe to introduce a rabbit to a home that has dogs or cats? It can be. It depends on the dogs and cats. Um, the rabbit that I'm fostering is totally 100% fine with the cats and she'll lay down with them and they'll just hang out together. Like they'll lay next to each other and hang out and chase each other around up, in, you know, in the space that she's in. Um, but we have, uh, two dogs, one who couldn't care less about any of the other animals at all. Um, and the other one who would gladly probably eat her. Um, so yeah, it just depends. It totally depends. So we don't obviously put the, the high prey drive dog in with the rabbit. We don't, you know, we don't, introduce them or, you know, do you know what I mean? And you have to be smart enough to know whether or not your current animals are, are, you know, the type of animal that are going to go after a rabbit, or you have to just have really safe, um, spaces in your house that are separate and, you know, that kind of thing. It's not, it's not impossible. And most cats, most cats really don't, aren't bothered by rabbits or, and they don't, you know, chase them or try to hurt them. They're, or, they're you know, pretty big, right? <laughs> like, you, yeah. you think of uh, the what cats will normally go after, and your mice, and even rats are on the big size for a cat. Yeah, baby bunnies though can be tiny, depending on the breed of rabbit. And um, but yeah, they it's definitely well. I mean, every people that let their cats outside, everybody I know who lets their cats outside, you know, oh, I feel so bad. My cat came home with a baby bunny, and you know that. And, and it, you know, the, do you tell those people the easy solution to preventing that from happening? Keeping your can I swear. <laughs> <laughs> keep your cat inside? No, yes, that's what I want to say. Keep your cat inside, and you won't have that happen. You know, like yeah, that's a huge whatever. I mean, that's a whole other topic we could talk about. It but. is, and I rant about it because I sit here. I've got, um, and I actually just took a picture of me holding pigeon next to the microphone while you talk because <laughs> it's truly pathetic. Um, but I sit here, and there's a window next to my desk, yep. and there's three or four neighborhood cats who run up and down the street all day. Yep. Um, there's one actually, uh, uh, that sits on a chair in front of our house sometimes yeah. and we have to go and chase them away because if we let the dogs out front on leash, mm -hmm. uh, they'll rip our arms out of the sockets trying to get to this cat. Yeah. But that's, that, again, that, that's a different story. Yeah. Let's talk about bunnies. Bunnies are happy. Yeah. But bun baby bunnies are definitely something that cats like to, you know, bring home, um, from outside. But yeah, depending on the size of the rabbit and your cats and, or your dog, it just, it really depends on, on the animals you currently have, whether or not you want to introduce a rabbit to them. Um, and definitely not former racing greyhounds. No, although my aunt had two greyhounds from re rescues from, uh, down in the States and she had a free range yep. rabbit and they could not have cared less about that rabbit. Really? It was very strange. <laughs> That is strange because it's it's a little white rabbit that they use on the yep. lure course. Yep, this one was a, just a regular brown, I think brown and white bunny, and yeah, they just and he and the bunny was free range, and the dogs just could not care less. 
So it just really depends on the dogs. That is surprising yeah, to me. It was a very strange situation. And when I, I remember thinking, oh, my God, really? And then I was I was there, and the, the dogs were just could not care less, <laughs> which was great. Huh. Which was great. It was pretty funny. Now, when people do want to get a bunny, they've done the research, they know a vet, all of this. What can they expect to do in terms of the enrichment? That's something, too, I find very interesting with rabbits. Um, because they, they have some natural behaviors that we need to provide yeah. for uh, that we may not come across with other right. animals. They like to dig. Um, they they can be litter box trained. Obviously, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, so giving them giving them a litter box that they can dig around in a little bit. They don't sort of dig like cats do, um, whereas they're burying their poop or whatever. But they the, you know they're natural diggers. So you can give them a little pile of blankets or, you know, a, a big, a pile of shredded newspaper or something like that. just things to, to play with and to dig and, um, empty toilet paper rolls. They love to, to chew on and throw around and, um, little, like you can buy all this sort of things from the pet food stores, the, the little blocks and little wicker balls and things like that. Just, you, you have to give them things to chew and they can also play with those things as well. Um, if you get them the right kind of thing. We had a rabbit um, that found the most amazing home and I was fostering this rabbit before it found the home. And I've never seen a bunny play more than, and like, it was just crazy. Anything you put in the cage, he'd pick up wow. and throw and pick up and throw and pick up and throw. And like, it was almost like he was trying to achieve throwing every toy directly over his head. <laughs> would pick up, you know, a, a toilet paper roll and just throw it and then walk over and pick it up and then throw it again and then pick it up. It was just, he was the most hilarious bunny and he found a really great home. He still does that in his, wow. in his home now, but, uh, yeah, they play and they, and they, you know, need, definitely need that kind of enrich, enrichment in, in their, in their space and, and spending time with them, you know, just sitting and petting them. They love, you know, to have their head scratched and they love to be petted. You have to brush them. They blow out their coats, hmm. um, you think there's something wrong with them if you don't know this and their, their coats are all weird and like chunks are coming out, but they actually just like, it's like a molt. They, they blow up their coats. You have to brush them. You have to keep their nails trimmed. Their nails will keep growing. Their teeth will keep growing. Um, these are all things you have to think about too. Um, but I kind of went off topic. We were talking about enrichment, but yes, <laughs> they need, uh, they definitely need, um, things to play with. Yeah. They're like, they're a dog. And I think that's very telling though is, you know, I, I obviously spend a lot of time talking about dogs and wildlife. Um, and again, when I see a rabbit, I think very yeah. simple, right? Just a very simple little animal. Um, and it's surprising how much they do need and, and how much uh, joy they can bring mm -hmm. to someone. Um, do you think that's one of the reasons why they're so easily rejected, though, is this perception of them as just that they are just a little animal with no great intelligence and no great... Uh, emotional life that's possible yeah i think yeah people just see them as as a pet you put in a cage and that's it like people don't think you can interact with them the way that you can and that you can have them living free range in your house people don't think about these things um you know even even myself growing up i had a rabbit and it was in a cage and i would let it out every once in a while and you know really now i think about it i thought oh and i think that's so awful but that was that's the mentality you know having a wire bottom cage that it has to stand on so the poop falls through you know that's mm -hmm. just, it's horrible. <laughs> well, and it's interesting though, you and I both having sort of this, this history of not knowing yeah. because we weren't told. Yeah. And I think that's really a big part of it. And 
that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I love what you folks do uh, with Ladybird is is that bit of education with everything you do. Yeah. And I, I really think it, it pays off in the long run. Um, and hopefully maybe, you know, in classrooms and things like that, it'll start to come up more and more too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that these are animals who, who need a lot more than we give them. Um, and it's just a kind of a cultural thing that we never thought of them as much more than cute little pets. Yeah. They just, they need so much more than we, we give them or that we used to give them in, you know, back in the day. Um, but yeah, there, there's, I think the internet has changed so much of animal, like the animal world. It's, it's before the internet, how would you even know these things, right? You'd go to a pet store, you'd buy a pet, you'd take it home. You know, you'd look, there's, there was really nowhere to sort of talk to other rabbit owners or, you know, that kind of thing. It, it's, it's, it's changed so much that people are, are definitely more educated now than they were, but there's still a, you know, a long way to go. There's still s- several pet stores in Hamilton that sell rabbits and really? extra stock at Easter time. Like st- it, it was written right on the glass enclosure of one of the pet stores in Hamilton New stock, and they had all these baby bunnies for Easter. New stock for Easter. Rabbits, live animals. Were these pets or were they like food rabbits? No, for pets. People for pets, like new stock for Easter. And I just thought that was just the most disturbing way to describe it. It's not stock. It's a living creature. You know, like it's it's an animal that needs, has all these things. We just talked about it. It needs all of these things. And here it is in a tiny enclosure in a pet store waiting for someone to take it home. And then it's probably going to end up at the shelter or out in a field somewhere in a couple months when people don't, people just don't realize what they're getting into. That's the problem. They don't realize it. They don't do the research. They go into a store and oh, look at the cute bunny. Oh, it's Easter time. Let's buy this. You know, just, yeah, it's just trying to change that perception and trying to get people to realize, you know, that, that these animals come from really crappy conditions before they end up in that pet store. And then they're going to end up in crappy conditions once they, you know, once the novelty wears off or once the, you know, the, the pee, this, the spraying of pee starts, you know, who wants to deal with that? Nobody. And then also who wants to spend $400 to spay a rabbit? Nobody. So out the rabbit goes, you know, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing that, you know, a lot of people are trying to change. It's not just us who are talking about it. It's there's rabbit rescue Ontario. There's a whole bunch of of rescues that deal specifically with rabbits and, everybody's working really hard to try to sort of change that perception and make things better for bunnies. I do wonder though, do they complain less vocally when you don't pay attention to them during a podcast interview? <laughs> do bunnies complain less vocally? Yeah, they don't really make a lot of noise. And that's that's the other unfortunate thing is I worked in a shelter for a long time and just, yeah, it's I, I, it's just disturbing the things that because they can't, they don't vocalize because they can't tell you, you know, can you please clean my cage? I've been sitting on the same poop for, you know, now it's a mound under my butt and I can't get away from it. You know, like they can't tell you, they can't, it's not like a dog that'll bark or a cat that'll, you know, meow or scratch or, you know, the things that, that the other animals do to, to show signs of distress. We had these people drop off a rabbit at the shelter when I was working at the front desk and the lady kept saying it has worms, it has worms. That's why we're getting rid of it has worms and she didn't speak English all that well, but she, her daughter was there and saying, Oh, we just, we, we don't want it. If there's something wrong with it, we take in the rabbit. I take it into the back room and I'm setting it up, you know, in a cage and stuff. And I pick it up out of the container that they had brought it in. And it, the maggots had, oh. eat, had eaten the 
the, like into the skin and the bowels and, and, and this like, rabbit was still alive and it was being eaten by maggots because it had sat in a cage un, uncleaned for so long that the poop just stacked up on top of poop and it had nowhere to go. And that's what happens. Like it, it we had to, we had to put the poor thing down because the maggots had chewed through so much of the skin that you, it, it, I can't even describe it. It was disturbing. But this is what happens. You know, people just get it, put it in a cage, don't think about it. Oh, well, I'll clean it tomorrow. I'll clean it tomorrow or whatever it is. And, and, and this is what happens. But they can't, they can't, a rabbit can't tell you. A rabbit can't bark and say, you know, hey, can you come and clean this? Like these things are chewing me from the outside in. So, no, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I, I think you took my cute quip about me needing to hold pigeon during this interview. <laughs> And kind of ran away Sorry. with it. It's okay. <laughs> but this is what happens, you know. This, this yeah. is the- well, and that's it, – it is – everyone I know who works in rescue has at least one or two of those types of stories. Yeah. Um, because people – and again, as as much as you get angry and you want to blame someone – Oh, yes, I know. Uh, that was a big yawn. Uh, a lot of it comes from simply not knowing. Yep. Or maybe coming from a culture where pets aren't treated the same way. Yeah. And we expect, you know, how we feel about them to be how everyone feels about yeah. them. Yeah, and that's that's a hard reality for anybody who's doing rescue or working with animals, and it's is not is realizing that not everybody thinks about animals the way we do, and and yeah, they're 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 stock to some people, or they're food, or they're you know they're just just there to protect my house, or they're there to you know do a job, and they don't care for them like like you or I do. It's you know that's a that's a tough tough thing to come to realize in rescue and if you don't if you if you don't come to realize that and accept it you'll be you'll you know drive yourself into ground pretty quickly um yeah and that's uh sorry now i have to stop pitching from barking <laughs> at people walking down the street um clearly they are yes. spies out oh, to yes. get us Protecting. and he's guarding us Good um, job, <laughs> <laughs> this dog <laughs> anyway um to wrap mm-hmm. up, I love what a lot of you in, in small animal rescue have done. When it comes time to talk about rabbits, especially at mm-hmm. Easter, um, rather than say just don't adopt a rabbit, you offer solutions. You offer other ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that, that's one of the things that I absolutely have always loved about the fur bears since I started, uh, before I started working here, was the solution-oriented focus. So what are things people can do other than give a kid a rabbit at Easter? Uh, a stuffed rabbit, a stuffed a stuffed animal. They have the cutest little ones even at shoppers. They're so cute. Um, uh, yeah, stuffed animal, um, chocolate preferably vegan but hey chocolate um however you want to do it but yeah there's go, go to your local rescue and bring in some carrots and some uh, bits of apple for the rabbits that are there waiting to be adopted you know talk to the people at the shelter um people do a lot of donating at christmas time like a lot of people bring in a lot of stuff at christmas time to shelters and stuff but you know there's always bunnies in shelters everywhere always um so yeah go go to your local shelter and bring a little treat and or something for the, for the bunnies that are there and make a donation. Um, do your, just do your research. Just don't do the impulse buy. Just don't. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. It's yeah. It's hard not to just be like, don't do that, you know, but just, just don't do that. (laughs) Well, and one thing I've heard some people recommend, and I don't know if this is good or not, or, or if it's something you agree with or not, but rather than give a bunny as a pet at Easter, uh, and this applies for dogs and cats and everything else, say, 
we as a family are going to adopt a bunny or a cat or a dog right. and turn it into going to the shelter or going to the rescue group and sort of doing as a family going and meeting these animals um, and finding someone who will fit in well with your family. Yeah. yeah. It, it, if you, if you are, if you have decided to, to, to adopt, then yes, definitely. That's totally the way to go. Um, that's the best way to go is everybody's involved in the decisions. Everyone is, you know, knows what, what to expect and who's going to be doing what kind of, you know, responsibilities when it comes to the animal. Um, for sure. That's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Just going, going into a pet store and buying a rabbit and giving it to your kid at Easter is just not the way to do it or giving it to whoever your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is, like doing it as a family and adopting and looking into, you know, rabbits that don't have homes is, is definitely the way to do it. To find out more about Ladybird Animal Sanctuary or get in touch with them, visit ladybirdanimalsanctuary.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's the show for this week, folks. I want to thank Lisa for joining us and all of you for listening to Me and Pigeon. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Defender Radio, Instagram at Howie Michael, and on Facebook under Defender Radio Podcast. Until next time, this is Michael Howie for Defender Radio reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. Stay strong.